Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All fans and citizens of Perfectville everywhere, we are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfect Bill, your first place podcast for your second place, Miami Dolphins, now part of the Believe Podcast Network and presented by BetOnline.ag. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, the good doctor himself. Of course, I'm talking about none other than Dr. Christopher Colin. Christopher, how in the hell are you, my friend? Well, good. I wish as a doctor on Sunday, I could have, uh, you know, surgically removed my own heart because that's what the Miami Dolphins pretty much did to me. If you'll notice, Sam, I know you can see me. I'm sure most most won't. I am actually wearing my Sun Valley hat as opposed to the Miami Dolphins garb because unlike the Miami Dolphins, my eighth grade football team can fucking win an overtime game. Yes, uh, very exciting stuff. I think triple overtime, if I'm not mistaken, for uh, young Zachary Thomas Cullen. And he had the game winner. Am I correct? Game winner, uh, his third of the day. He also had a fumble recovery in the third period of overtime to get us the ball back to set that up and had an interception after the first half. He completely uh, went up and caught the ball over uh, Thomas Davis's son, uh, uh, TJ Davis. So he was in the crowd to see it. That was pretty cool. Um, always fun to play that team. They're, they're, they always kick everybody's butt. So we're two and one against them in the three years of middle school. So we're excited to get out of there with a win. Probably we'll see them again in middle. Uh, I'm sorry, in the playoffs. So it's it, fun game. Yeah, uh, your your team, your son's team, and your team because you're the coach is uh, two and one. The Miami Dolphins are one and two because, as you alluded to, the <clears throat> Miami Dolphins lose to the Las Vegas Raiders in overtime. Actually, as time expired by a measly field goal by Daniel Carlson. Um, very up and down game here, Chris. You know, you had you'd predicted that the Raiders would win this game. I told everybody that the Raiders would win. I just couldn't stomach to actually predict that they would. But at the end of the day, the Miami Dolphins start this game out 14 to nothing with a pick six and then get the ball back again on a on turnover on downs in their own territory, which, by the way, that shows you how much John Gruden uh, doesn't respect the Miami Dolphins offense that he went for it on his own side of the field. Uh, you know, and, and just said, yeah, beat us with your offense. We'll see if you can do it. They go up 14 to nothing. And then the wheels, as they say, came off, Chris. 25 straight unanswered points by the Las Vegas Raiders, including a safety, field goals, touchdowns, you name it, they did it. Uh, ultimately, the Miami Dolphins come back after that in a dramatic fourth quarter comeback, including a fourth and goal, Jacoby Brissett, QB sneak or not really a QB sneak, but a QB run. And then uh, Will Fuller gets on the board. They tie the game. They go into overtime. Raiders kick a field goal. Dolphins kick a field goal. Raiders kick another field goal. And that is all they wrote. 31-28. Miami Dolphins go down in defeat to the stupid Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, but let's talk about it, Chris. Like you said, it was a little bit of a heart-wrenching game. I didn't think they were going to be that close. So I'm, I'm proud of them for not only being that close, but coming from behind. Because being down nine points with this Miami Dolphins offense is akin to being down 75 points. So uh, the fact that they came back tight, it got into overtime, made me feel better. But man, I wanted that win. Yeah, that was, <clears throat> that's the weirdest game to talk about on our podcast because it was infuriating to go up 14-0. Um, no one really gave us a shot. And you come out early and take a what in normal situations in the in the NFL are almost a insurmountable lead with the defense that we have, uh, where it's like you're kind of forcing this team to throw the ball now, and that's where we, as our bread and butter. That where Xavier Howard and Byron Jones and, and Holland and Rowe can go to work, and uh, the the game swung big time, Sam. 
on that safety because they get two points. It's 14, nothing. They get the ball back. They then kick a field goal. So it's a five point swing. And then all of a sudden it's a not insurmountable lead. It had nothing to do with their defense. It completely flipped the entire momentum of the game. Yeah. It, it really is something about momentum in that, in, in that scenario that, you know, sometimes you just can't overcome it based off one dumb mistake. And I think that play that, that really was the game changing play was Jacoby Brissett sending a, what a, a, a screen pass to Jalen Waddle, throwing it high. The only pass he threw high the entire day, by the way, there were so many things that were just thrown into the dirt. <clears throat> he missed Miles Gaskin, Miles Gaskin with the, with the ball in the dirt. He missed Jalen Waddle a few times throwing the ball in the dirt. This one, he throws it high. Jalen Waddle has to go up and get it. He would have been better off just letting that thing go out of bounds. I think it probably would have been just an incomplete pass. Uh, either way, um, the, the Raiders close on them. The Raiders have a good defense. Two points, kick it off, field goal. Then they go, we get a touchdown. The Dolphins miss a field goal at the end of the half, doinking it, Jason Sanders does, off the upright. Um, and really, th- that's the, the second quarter defined really that entire game. Going into the second quarter, 14-2, uh, to two, leaving, um, you know, just 14-12. to 12. It, it just The whole thing, just it, it fell apart. The second and third quarters, the Dolphins fell apart. First and fourth quarters, they played very well. Um, and that short yardage game, Chris, we just, we weren't good. Once again, we can't get one or two yards with Malcolm Brown, who's supposed to be able to get you one or two yards. And then in overtime, I wanted to ask you about this. Lots of plays that were questionable, but the shovel pass to Mike Kosicki on third and three. Now, the Raiders had already kicked a field goal. You have to score a touchdown to win or at least get a field goal to to extend the play. Um, It felt like we just sort of played for the field goal in that scenario, as opposed to going for the kill, going for the touchdown. What did you think of the third and three shovel pass to Mike Kosicki and then consequently kicking the ball on fourth and two? Should you, do you think we should have gone for it being on the road in overtime? Yeah. I thought Tony Sperano was our coach again. Like we're like excited to play for a field goal inside the game. What is this? This is the NFL. This is a team on the road against a two and O hot team in the Raiders at a very, you know, we, we had controlled that crowd. The crowd was loud before the game. All of a sudden, you could hear like the weird ambiance of this new, brand new stadium because they were dead quiet. The the, the black hole was a black hole. <laughs> you, know, you know, no one in space could hear you scream or whatever the quote is. Um, it was a black hole, and then uh, we just let them back in the game. So what do you do? You go out and it's overtime. We we scored a ridiculous, miraculous, you know, comeback with hitting Gusecki in fourth and long. What a great yeah. throw! What a great catch! We, uh, like you said, Brissett is, I think, sacked or ran for like a no gain on third down, no timeouts. We're rushing to the line. He runs, breaks a couple tackles, falls in the end zone. Holy shit, we had to go for two. I even tweeted, we're going to score and miss the two-point conversion, aren't we? Aren't we, in all caps? Because that's what it felt like was going to happen. They just love breaking our heart. No, great, great whip route by uh, Will Fuller. Gets open. Brissett hits him perfectly. We tie the game. We were already playing. We're in Vegas, Sam. Let's use the term. We're already playing with house money. Just go. We can't get three yards. I mean, at this point, Brissett's already broken enough tackles to gain three yards on just like a breakaway run. We had the speed for a quick crossing route with Waddle. Go for it. Go for the win. I thought that was ballless and completely going to come back to kill us in an AFC battle with a very deep, tough AFC conference towards the end of the season. Yeah, and if you look at the AFC West and you just start looking at the playoff bracketing, the Raiders and the Broncos are both three and one. The Chargers are two and one and ascending. And then, of course, the last place team is the Kansas City Chiefs, which might be the best one and two team in the history of the NFL right now. And they're just getting Josh Gordon back, by the way. So um, you're playing for the wild card if you can't beat the Buffalo Bills later this year and you can't stay up. You have to play for the wild card. And there's a lot of teams that are going to be competing for the wild card this year. It is a tough road to get to the playoffs for the Miami Dolphins in the AFC this year, which means you have to win these types of games. I don't expect anybody to think that they should have won. It's a very tough start to the schedule on the road to New England, Buffalo Bills at home, on the road with the Raiders. That's a really, really, really tough schedule to start. But you have to figure out ways to win these games if you actually want to be a playoff contender. Now, the other thing that I don't understand why the Miami Dolphins did this is you just mentioned it, Chris. Jacoby Brissett gets into the end zone on fourth and goal. Jacoby Brissett converts fourth and 20 with Mike Gesicki. 
should we just tell Jacoby Brissett that every down is fourth down because he seems to be successful when the feet are, you know, are on the fire gun is pressed up against his head and it's do or die time. And he seems to come out of it, you know, doing so. I think he should have given him the ball on fourth down in overtime and said, go make it happen yet again. Because if you extend that drive and you bring it all the way down, you either a score or B, you know, you kick a field goal with even less time on the clock. So at the very least, you escape Las Vegas with a tie, which I don't know if anybody really wanted that. But I thought they played for the tie as opposed to the win. And I don't think that's a successful recipe for the Miami Dolphins right now, especially with all the injuries, especially with the, the issues that we've seen with the offensive line. You have to play for the win. You have to go for the jugular. And I was appreciative that they went deep a couple times to Will Fuller, even though they didn't call PI. I'm glad they did it. But then it seemed like they just wilted under the pressure at the end of overtime, Chris. They should have gone for it. They should have had a better play on third down. But consequently, they should have gone for it on fourth down, in my opinion. What pissed me off the most about Brian Flores is that um, do you remember the same stadium, the same team last year? The Raiders played for a field goal. They played, uh, you know, that prevent style offense, and it came back and bit them in the ass, and the Miami Dolphins pretty much ended their playoff hopes. Why would we do the same thing? Again, we've already miraculously got to this point. Like, at least go for it, like you said, get some more time off and kick a field goal later. But to go for a long field goal to tie the game, give them, give them the ball, I get trusting your defense, but you're trusting your defense to play for a tie. Uh, you know, it's, the motivation's not there. Go for the win. You know, I know you're with a backup quarterback, but all these things you mentioned, it's a tough schedule. No one's expecting us to win. Exactly. No one's expecting you to win. It's a tough stretch of your schedule. We got an easy part coming up. Might as well go for go and and and, and go for it and go for the win. There's no way I agree at all there. Uh, and this isn't hindsight because we ended up losing. It's 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 just what you do. That's something that John Harbaugh does. That's something that Bill Belichick does. That's something that these coaches, Andy Reid does. These successful coaches uh, are going to do. Because they, they put trust in their guys. And as a former player, when a coach does that, it motivates you to play even harder and make that play and make sure he doesn't look like a fool because he's putting his trust in the players as opposed to the analytics or whatever decision he came down to. Yeah, it did. It, well, bottom line, we played scared at the end of overtime. We seemed yeah. to be okay getting a tie, and that's what we played for instead of playing for the win. When all the way up until that point, we scraped and clawed to get to that point where we did play for the win, where we were going for it on fourth down. We, we Obviously, we had no choice. But um, it just seems like we should have been a little bit more aggressive and maybe a little bit more creative with the play call or even more practical on third down. Again, I get not wanting to drop back and pass the ball on third down because if you do get sacked, then you're out of field goal range. But you're probably going for it at that point anyways. And recent history with Jacoby Brissett says he's going to be pretty successful there. I don't know. It seemed like we played for the loss, which or played for the win, which is, I'm sorry, excuse me. It seems like we played for the tie, which is really basically saying we're okay with losing. And that's the part that really kicked me in the dick because they'd fought so hard to come back. I had thought hope was lost. They came back. They brought my hopes back up and then just squashed them once again there, Chris. Um, but, you know, we're talking a lot about the offense. We do have to, at some point, address the defensive issues that are happening with this team. Now, number one, we keep the turnover streak alive. 25 straight games. Landon Roberts picked six almost to begin the game there. It was a thing of beauty. I loved it. But 35 points to the Buffalo Bills. 31 points to the Las Vegas Raiders. 16 points to the really bad New England Patriots team. But when I start to do the math here, Chris, it looks like the Miami Dolphins are almost giving up 27 points per game. Now, six of those came in overtime. So if you were to back that out, it's still close to 25 points per game. This offense is not good enough to spot the other team 25 points per game. At some point, this Miami Dolphins defense, which is a bend, don't break sort of defense, is going to have to tighten up and keep the other team off the scoreboard. And nobody's talking about it because the offense is so historically bad right now that the defense is getting a pass. But I'm telling you right now, if the defense played just a little bit better in this game, especially in the second quarter, if they had answered the call, which isn't really even fair because I know they're on the field a lot right now, but they have to be better about giving up points to give the offense, as anemic as it is, a chance at pulling out a victory on the road. Yeah, I disagree. I can't sit there and say, hey, defense, keep giving them a chance. They had 79 yards passing in the third fucking quarter. It's like, how many times can we, you can't get a more than a three play drive. Like our offense continually kept giving the Raiders chance after chance. They gave them two free points. Uh, so the, take that away from the defense, you know, for the safety as well. That's not the defense's fault, the two points. And you're sitting there and you're just putting them on the field back to back to back. Byron Jones was blitzing and getting sacks. 
uh, Jalen Phillips was all over the place. We got a pick six from the defense too. I mean, giving up literally 21 points. If you take away the safety, it's 21, 23 points. That's three touchdowns. I mean, in the NFL, current NFL today in 2021, if your offense can't score 21 points, you're not going to win the game anyway. The defense can only do so much. I mean, they scored. They got the ball back. You know, they got sacks. You just kept putting them in position after position after position. And Jacoby Brissett is dinking and dunking when you have four two forty receivers. And it took until the end of overtime until we finally threw the fucking ball deep. Believe me, as a defensive coordinator, please keep doing that because all I'm going to do is play uh, eight in the box and completely force you to keep dinking and dunking until you actually have the balls enough to stretch the field. Somebody made a great point about Jalen Waddle. He has like he leads the league or close to leading the league in receptions, but his yards are like 125 yards. They're just doing these quick little screens and bubbles instead of doing slants, posts, corner routes that are going to be open with the speed, especially if you get them in man coverage. I don't understand what the offense is doing. There's no way I'm bailing out the offense and throwing this on the defense. Well, look, no, there's plenty of blame to go around. And I think the offense shoulders the majority of this. But and, and it's not fair to the defense to say do more because they are creating turnovers. They're scoring, to your point, and they're being put in an unenviable position. Um, that the offense is doing a lot of three and outs and then getting them back on the field. But at the same time, good defenses are what the Miami Dolphins have right now. Great defenses overcome that. They overcome that and just get that much better. And I want this to be a great team with a great defense. And at some point, you have to not just get close to sacking the quarterback, Jalen Phillips. You have to sack the quarterback. You have to knock him on his ass. You have to get him, make him have happy feet so he can't sit there and just throw bombs to Henry Ruggs, Henry, uh, Hunter Renfro, and whatever other H receiver that the Las Vegas Raiders have right now. Because that type of shit, if you hit them and you get them on their ass, makes them throw the ball earlier, makes them escape the pocket because they start to see ghosts as Sam Darnold used to say, and we're not quite there. The only way we're creating pressure is through blitzing. And then what happens? We have a rookie safety back there going, "Uh oh, I don't know what to do because there's two receivers running deep and Derek Carr is good enough to make you pay for that. So this defense has to just utilize their talent. And I think it really comes to getting to the quarterback, not close to the quarterback, not high-fiving the quarterback, but getting to the quarterback when he still has the ball in his hand with your front seven, with your front four even. I want to see... I don't want to see less blitzing, but I want to see, you know, situational blitzing that makes sense. Not to the only way we're going to get to the quarterback is Brandon Jones flying through the middle. Emmanuel Ogba needs to get there. Jalen Phillips needs to get there. You know, those are the guys that need to create pressure up front. And that will actually make this defense, you know, sit back in a passing situation and start to pick balls off, start to knock balls away more than what they're having to do right now. Right now they're doing a ton of work back there and I give them credit, but you have to keep the offense out of the end zone. And the way to do that is the formula is to hit the quarterback and our front four aren't doing that right now, at least not consistently, Chris. And that's what I need to see more of going forward from this Miami Dolphins defense. Yeah. Wilkins got home and we had a few stops on fourth down on, in short. Um, and like you said, some blitzes that cause sacks as well. It's just one of those things. If you, if you talk about, let's call it um, game changing place, the defense has a ton of them. Yeah. Game changing plays, sacks, stops on fourth down, pick six. They held them to a, two field goals in overtime. I mean, talk about what else can you do? You got the ball back to their offense when they won the toss in overtime, as opposed to, you know, us starting with the ball. So e even when they're dead, dragged out and dead tired on the road, they've done so much. It's hard to just be like, they have all these gold stars. The offense has one and we're like, fuck the defense. You got to do more. It's like offense really needs to do more to get the ball, spread the field, keep the ball and keep Derek Carr and their explosive offense off the field. I mean, they pretty much shut down Darren, Darren Waller. He had a good game, but not like an insane game, uh, which obviously that was the very Patriot way of taking away their best player. But uh, kudos to Derek Carr. When he did have time, he threw it up to Hunter Renfro and the uh, second coming of Brian Hartline. Uh, I'm sorry, Renfro who's the second coming of Brian Hartline in black and silver. We let that guy beat us, really. Uh, sometimes they just have too many weapons. I mean, they had a guy named Brian Edwards, who I don't even know was on the team. He sounds like my accountant. He's out there just catching 50-yard bombs. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm just mad, Chris, because we lost to the Las Vegas Raiders. And you know my feelings about the Las Vegas Raiders. And I want to spread the madness and the anger out to everyone Kind of like this podcast here. We're not the only ones that have an opinion on this game. We went to Twitter, as we always do. We've got inspection segment number two, I should say. Not only do we have elite tweet or delete tweet, Chris, your favorite, my favorite, everyone's favorite. But speaking about spreading the love, we're spreading the love with not only you and I doing elite tweet or delete tweet, but we got a special guest. In fact, we have a whole bunch of special guests 
OJ McDuffie, Seth Levitt, the fish tank. That's right. The fish tank podcast is joining us in segment number two, and they're going to join us with a little bit of elite tweet, delete tweet. I'm excited. You're excited. Everybody feel these nipples right after these words. Patchvibes.com, ladies and gentlemen, citizens of Perfectville everywhere. Unless you've been living under a rock, you have to know that Patchvibes.com is the place for all your Miami Dolphins needs. Shirts, tank tops, patches, stickers, hats, coffee mugs, coffee cups, traveler mugs, anything you can think of that you can slap some sort of creative, awesome logo on. Patchvibes.com has you covered. They even have the Zubaz Pants swim trunks, ladies and gentlemen. Patchvibes is absolutely killing it and because they're killing it and because they're friends of ours here at welcome to perfectville they've given you the promo code perfect that you can put in at checkout with all your patch vibes needs and get yourself a sweet sweet discount on everything in their store so type in the promo code perfect on checkout and get yourself a discount on all that sweet sweet merch patchvibes.com joining us now is not one, not two, not three, but an entire podcast, ladies and gentlemen, citizens of Perfectville, Chris Cullen, Sam Marku, welcome to Perfectville, welcomes in the fish tank. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Doing great. We're here at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, uh, just sat out by the pool, recorded a podcast. Life is good, fellas. Well, I'm glad life is good because I'm here in California where it actually rained for the first time in 10 years here today. So we're not sitting by the pool, but uh, I do have a question. I have a question because you guys can get away with this. But uh, Chris Cullen and I were just talking about this off the air. You guys are called the fish tank and you get a pass for obvious reasons. But uh, anybody who calls the Dolphins fish that is not part of the Dolphins (laughs) fandom network, former player like OJ McDuffie, anybody who calls us a fish. It's like it's kind of like the little brother syndrome, right? Like we can pick on the little brother, but if you pick on him, we're punching the face. Nobody's right. allowed to call the dolphins fish unless you're in the inner circle here, right? That's exactly right. I mean, that's we're we're the only ones actually that are allowed to call us the fish. You know, everybody else really have to stay with the uh, the mammal porpoise type of deal. You know, but uh, we're definitely uh, the only ones that use it, and yeah, you know, and it it's been embraced. <laughs> Absolutely. I was telling I was telling Sam off. I was telling sorry, Seth. I was telling Sam off the air that. Uh, it's one of those things where, like, uh, Bills fans are like, we're going to squish the fish. And I'm like, you yeah, know that's what? That's where I was going. Yeah. Yeah, the it's football fan of me thinks you're right, but the uh, fan of marine biology thinks you're stupid. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and so, like, I grew up down here, and I would go to games in the Orange Bowl, and you would see that, and there was always the squish the fish T-shirts, and then it would piss me off as a seven-year-old or whatever it might be. And, and we're not fish. We're mammals and, you know, all that silliness. But we've kind of embraced it. They say the fish, at least they're talking about us. We get what it is. But we're the fish tank. So we're not calling the dolphins fish. We're just a place where they can come and swim. And swim. That's it. Well, Stay there up. you go. There you go. Swimming at the Hard Rock Hotel. Well, we, uh, we got a little segment here that we like to call elite tweet or delete tweet. And we've gotten to the point here, gentlemen, where I am pretty sure Dolphins Twitter is now just tweeting things out, hoping it'll be read on this show. There's just a couple of uh, <laughs> indicators here. But uh, what we'll do is I will throw a lot. It does. Right. This might be our fault. If you if you guys follow Dolphins Twitter, you, you understand, uh, you know, it's the greatest of greats and the worst of the worst. And we're here to separate one from the other, elite tweet or delete tweet. You guys are here to help us do that. Uh, we got experts in the room here. So uh, I'm going to throw one out there. I'm going to let Chris answer first, and I want you guys to go, and then we'll just do a little round robin, and uh, you guys will be up to speed here. So this right. one if comes it's a from- Travis Wingfield tweet, we're deleting right away. I'm just letting you know. So <laughs> well- yeah, I know Travis. Oh, that's our guy, man. We love Travis. Yeah, I know Travis is our guy as well. We have to split him. He's a skinny guy, though. So we're going to have to, you know, be a precision cut here to split him between the two of us. But uh, no, Travis is never on elite tweet or delete tweet because I have him blocked. But that's OK. Uh, <laughs> this one comes from at Brick Wall Blitz. Uh, he says via ESPN, Dolphins had a 79.4 percent chance of winning on that third and three in overtime when they called the shovel pass to Mike Gesicki and decided to kick a field goal. Now, uh, that's the end of the tweet. There is no take on there, but is that an elite tweet? Chris, I'll let you go first. Elite tweet or delete tweet? That's an elite tweet because we already ran the shuffle pass. Like we tried to, we, we got it. It was successful. We're not the Chiefs. We tried to be the Chiefs. We're not the Chiefs. We just ran a screen pass in the end zone for safety, uh, you know, an hour before. Don't go back to the shovel pass. I think Gaskins had like five, six yards per carry. 
throw it to Gusecki on a comeback route or something. We needed four or five yards, the shovel pass, elite tweet. Uh, that, that's just that's just terrible for us. Fish tank, what do you guys say? Elite tweet or delete tweet with that play? I'm going to defer to you. You're the uh, guy who's been in the huddle. That's an elite tweet for sure. There were some questionable things going on throughout the game, and that was definitely one of them. Yeah, I would agree with that. And actually, uh, it, during the broadcast, at one point, they had mentioned that Mike Kosicki was open during the middle of the game, and it uh, sounds like Jacoby Brissett might have missed him there. Uh, OJ, from your perspective, um, if you were open, from a receiver perspective, if you were open down the field and Dan Marino just somehow inexplicably missed you and, and threw it to Keith Byers or whoever else is on the team that year, how does that make you feel as a receiver? I mean, are you going back to the huddle and, and voicing your opinion? Are you going to your position coach, offensive coordinator, head coach? How does that work when you are wide open or at least felt you're wide open and nobody saw you? How do you, how do you express that back in, in the huddle? Hell no, I ain't say, I'm not saying anything to Dan Marino. I might say something to Jacoba Brissett, though. <laughs> or Tua, you know what I mean? But hell no, man. I just, I just, all right, Danny, I was, you know, you got to say it quietly, man. Yo, I mean, you might have missed me, but you might not have, you know? You know, hey, we'll, you see know on Monday. we'll see on, on the film on Monday what it was, you know? But hell no, I ain't saying anything to one train. Defer, defer to Monday in the film room. That is, uh, you know, we were talking to Richmond Webb, and he had some very similar thoughts about uh, what you can and cannot say to Dan Marino. So uh, verified right there. I appreciate that. That's like, that reminds me of the, uh... It took a little time, though, before I had that relationship where I could say some things. But my first couple of years, the mom was the word, bro. Sorry about that. We just interviewed Jason Jackson, who's – Miami Heat broadcaster, but covered the Dolphins great, for great. The, the local Fox network down here for a few years early on. And he said he asked the question to Dan and, uh, and paid the price. And, <laughs> and he was paid to ask questions. So he learned the hard way also. Dan, just take yeah, the microphone like, and throw it at him in a press conference <laughs> and ping him right in the head. Like, sorry, I want to ask again. Hey, OJ saying, um, say, OJ saying, you know, like you might have, you might not have. That's a famous Chuck Norris joke. He's neither late or on time. He just arrives right. precisely when he needs to be. That's Dan Marino. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. right. All right. Well, this one comes from at Kings of Finsland. I think that's a self-proclaimed title, but uh, we'll let that go. If Tua plays that game, we win. I don't care. I said what I said. Feel free to debate with me. And that's a good debate question. Uh, let's just go to the fish tank first. If Tua's playing this game instead of Jacoby Brissett, do the Miami Dolphins come out on top against the Las Vegas Raiders or not? Is that you're looking at me, huh? Yeah. I, I'm going to say delete tweet. And this is no disrespect to Tua, but I think while there were moments, there were throws that Jacoby certainly would like to have back. You mentioned one of them that happened in our own end zone. I think that Jacoby also was a big part of that comeback and put the team in position to win. And that damn throw to Will Fuller in the end zone was pass interference. It should have been first and goal at the one. Let's not forget the fourth down play um, to, to send it into overtime. So I'm not saying Tua couldn't have done things to also help us win. I believe that Tua is a, a, a hell of a player, and I can't wait to see him back out there healthy. Um, I think that we match up well against the Raiders. But Jacoby did – I think he did enough to win yeah. the game. Well, I also feel like Jacoby bought a lot of time that I don't think Tua buys. You know, when he had to scramble out of there and move around and, you know, really because his size was able to stand up to some hits in the pocket where he was able to escape a little bit and make some of those throws. I mean, much as we love Tua, a lot of times right there he has to he'll, – he'll, he'll be sacked in those situations. So, yeah, I think that's a yeah, delete tweet for sure. What about you, Preach? And do they – with with – the starter starting quarterback in, do they, are the play calls any different? I mean, do they, or do they, so like, it's hard to say, but I feel like, you know, do they call that screen uh, screenplay in the end zone that ends up being well, safety? Well, Jacoby owned that one though. Jacoby owned that. He said it was a bad play on his decision. I don't even think Waddle was the intended. He's like a more of an outlet guy. He should have never thrown that ball late for one and high for two. But I think the he was just more of an outlet guy. So I don't even know why they even have a play where they've got a guy sitting in the end zone. But at the same time, Strange. though, that's just a, a bad decision by a quarterback in that play. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'll say that wasn't, this. That, well, he wasn't the – like I said, he wasn't primary receiver on that. Right, right. And Jacoby did own, the, own up to that for sure. I, I will say this, that to Juice's point, this offensive line is still trying to get some things figured out. They're trying to get it settled. And when things are sloppy back there, and we said this on a post-game show, I have come to the realization that Jacoby Brissett <laughs> is at his best when shit is just crumbling around him. 
And I don't know if Tua is at his best in that moment. And so as this line settles and as they gel, and hopefully that'll happen in another couple of weeks, this week. uh, if not this week, this week, that Jacoby does give you a chance to extend some plays that maybe look like they're going in the wrong direction. No, I'm going to grow with that. I'm going uh, to move on to the next one because I think you guys flesh that one out and we all understand each other. But you guys mentioned the offensive line. So this comes from the Ron Caniff. And he says, anyone see what happened to Liam Eichenberg on that pass rush? That was the saddest shit I've seen since Austin Jackson five plays ago. <laughs> elite tweet or delete tweet? Chris, we'll go to you. Yeah, they're all laughing. So I'll take this one. That's an elite tweet because I'm just like, I, I, I don't remember a season other than like the Dallas Thomas, the Lee Turner season where these guys are literally on roller skates falling on their butt oh. so much. But uh, great tweet. That is elite. And uh, obviously the whole I fish tank pissing themselves laughing. So they probably agree. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Right. Yeah. That is it, it is elite. It, it is it is a spectacular tweet. I wish it were not something that had any any credibility. Um, I think both of those guys, you know, Austin played better this game than he did the previous week. But uh, the offensive line, as Coach said, needs to play better, and they want to play better. Um, but that's just funny shit. It, just is it was like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. I'm mean, reading the tweet, like, okay, I get it, I get it. And then there was just a twist at the end, like five plays ago. Like, that's fantastic. <laughs> He, oh, he was true. a ghost the entire time. I had no idea. I, I had no it. idea. All right. It. This one comes from Omar Kelly. Yes, that Omar Kelly. And he says uh, during the game, the Raiders are up 25-14 after missing the extra point. Dolphins suck. <laughs> Juice, I got to go to you on this one. Elite tweet or delete tweet with the beat writer for the Miami Dolphins just flat out saying Dolphins suck in a tweet for everyone to see. Delete that shit right away, man. Uh, you know, delete it, delete it, delete it, man. He, you know, people looking for people to have reactions like this, you know. And then, you know, what did he say after, you know, we got back in it, little comeback, 11 points we got, you know, to, to answer all that. It's, it's really, it's, it's funny to me, and me handling beat writers has always been a challenge, Big Seth, right? Um, but when you, when you sit there and listen to Omar, he's looking for, to, to stir up a reaction, you know. Dolphins sucked. I don't think anybody really truly sucks, you know, but that's just my opinion as a former player. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess suck is relative, right. You know, compared to to me, maybe. Right. (laughs) But um, there are certain teams that in the spectrum of the NFL do suck. I expect more from a beat writer. And I look, I like Omar, you know, so I'm not saying anything. I wouldn't say to Omar, if he pops up on the team here, if he surprises with that one, I like Omar, as Juice says, he he doesn't hold his tongue. He says some stuff is going to get a reaction. Um, I think a beat writer needs to come up with something better than Dolphins suck. It's just he, he was just he was he was in his feelings on this one. I mean, uh, he threw another tweet out there: Max Crosby's an idiot. So I don't know what was going on. If he was just you know hitting the strip and feeling a little bit hungover on a Sunday watching the game or what? But he was just he got a newborn in the house. He might just not have had any damn sleep. Well, look, I can appreciate that. I got a four month old, and every now and then Omar puts his uh, pictures of his kids up there, and I'm like, all is forgiven. I get it. He's a, dad. He's a human being. I'm in the same boat as he is in. But uh, I was shocked that he uh, he went just that matter of fact as a beat writer. That yeah, uh, I'm sure the Dolphins PR staff probably. Uh, had had a feeling about that as well yeah i don't think he says that if dan marino's up on the podium uh, to the point we were talking no. about a little bit earlier all right we just got a couple more here we're just hanging out with the fish tank here on welcome to perfect build enjoying ourselves doing a little bit elite tweet delete tweet action here and uh man there's just so much during dolphins twitter but uh, as i look up a couple more what are you guys working on? anything you want to promote anything we should be talking about what's coming up on your show here before uh too long well, I hope they're listening to the show. You know, dive into the fish tank for sure. Look out, look out for the fish tank and uh, on all streaming platforms, just like you guys are. Um, follow us at the fish tank 81 at the fish tank 81. And also the post game show. You know, if you're not listening to the Miami Dolphins post game show, maybe you've had some bad experiences in the past. You feel like that the post game hosts aren't as invested in the team as you are. That's not the case anymore. OJ and I are having a great time with Travis. Um, trying to give you some good analysis, three really different perspectives with Travis being super fan turned uh, unbelievable guy who breaks down film and produces incredible podcasts, Juice who did it as well as anybody in the huddle and then some washed up old PR guy. So we try and give you some different perspectives. Please do to the posting show on 560 WQAM or, oh, you're, you're making sure that no, 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 no. our guy is. I get it. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully you're listening to the show. Kendall Langford is our guest this week. Kendall was really fabulous. I love when the big guys come in and surprise you. He was funny. He was introspective. He's such a bright guy. 
um, gentle giant in a lot of ways, although, you know, again, don't put your hands on them. Hands um, and, uh, and as we said, we, our, our next episode is going to be Jason Jackson, who has a unique connection to the Miami Dolphins, despite the fact that everyone knows him as a Miami Heat guy. Yeah, you know, I was uh, I was reading the recap of the of the current episode, and it, something along the lines of "Don't share a small space with uh, Matt Roth." And I yeah, haven't listened absolutely. to it yet, and I already I kind of think I know where that's going without <laughs> even listening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Well, we got it. We got a couple more here, and then uh, we'll let you guys get on with your day. And uh, now we got to get a prediction for this Colts game from you guys here. But uh, this comes from at Rudy G underscore Y. I hate underscores in Twitter names. Like, I, it, why is that the standard when you need a different? I don't know. All right, but it says, why do dolphins suck when they're good, but are good when they suck? Elite tweet or delete that tweet? Definitely is one for you to take. <laughs> That's right up your fucking alley right there. <laughs> Why are they good when they suck, but suck when they're good? I guess it's that whole relative thing. Uh, where they're they're never um, never world beaters. You know, they they never seem to be the team that is um, that everyone's you know that everyone aims to be. You know, they're always chasing uh, the the champion. They're always chasing um, you know the division leader. You know, type thing. They just haven't been that team for. Quite a, quite a long time. It's been a minute, as they say. So was it elite or delete? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say there's some validity. I'm going to say elite. You're giving it an elite yeah, status? Elite. What about you, I like that whole – I told you. Yeah. See, he likes all that weird shit. That yeah. what's, sit the, there what's the uh... – He conflicted with uh... – <laughs> I'm going to you know, I'm gonna have to call time out on that, Seth. You know, I'm just you not sure where he's where going with that. You know, that's a tough one right there because, I mean, what actually is he saying? You know, when have we been – Great and suck back in the day, or now we suck and should be. I'm just confused. I'm just you, really, really confused. I'll give what? you an example from my own childhood here. So uh, I, I'm I'm going. I'm pushing forward here. I I hate the Bills. That's a team I hate more than anybody else because they ruined my childhood year after year after year. I mean Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid, James Lofton. Kent Hole, the center. I know who the center is for the Buffalo Bills in the 90s. Pete Metzelars. I know all of these guys because they sat there and just said, oh, happy birthday. We're going to win this game in the last minute. And I just it infuriated me. Right. But I remember uh, Don Shula's last season and the entire media at that point was basically saying if they don't win the Super Bowl, the Miami Dolphins, it's a failure. So from the national perspective, the team was great enough to go to the Super Bowl. And of course, they didn't, right? And then Jimmy Johnson came in. But there's always seems to be every now that Adam Gase's first year with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they go 10 and 6 and they make the play, or 11 and 5 and they make the playoffs. And then everyone thinks the expectations are here. They're the next team in the AFC East. They're going to dethrone the Patriots and, the, and they're going to move on from there. And then the bottom fell out, right, with Adam Gase. So it seems to me like whenever the Miami Dolphins have some juice, pun intended, and they go 10 and 6, have a winning season almost, or make the playoffs. The expectations raise, not only for the media, but for the fans, of course. And then you start one and two. And they're thinking we're supposed to be great and we suck. And then last year we weren't supposed to be great. and We almost make the playoffs. I think that's the genesis of this tweet here. So the fact you have to think about it, I, I've got two points here. Number one, between Preach's explanation and your explanation, we're six minutes into this fucking tweet. <laughs> delete it. Like, like if delete is 142 characters, you need to know what, it, like if you don't get it right away, Delete the yeah, damn tweet. It's like an inception. It is. That's yeah. that's, and that's not what a tweet's for. That's like an hour and a half investment in a movie, and you want to then talk about it with your wife or your friend afterwards and see, like, you know, that's not what I'm looking for in a tweet because I, I've I moved on. Right. I'm yeah. like, I, I'm Scroll on three already. different Twitter channels yeah. and scrolled through. <laughs> so, so delete it, number one. But to your point, and I have said this, and we're, we're going to see what happens, right? You know, the games ultimately tell you what you've got. But the last handful of head coaches that we've had have come in here and had a modicum of success early on that has proven to be fool's gold, which right. is the point you were just making. And I think that we saw something different with this regime and what Coach Flores and what Chris Greer decided to do and really stripped it down to the bones, but then built as the season went on. And who has ever felt that good about a five-win season? You know, and, and that was his first year. And I was like, I think we can build something here. And then you win 10 win 10 games the second year. Obviously, this is not the start that we wanted at one and two. It is how they started last year. There's a lot of football left to be played. But I think as Dolphin fans, we're at the stage where we need someone to, to build a program that is lasting. And don't give me just a flash in the pan. We somehow won 10 games the first year, and then we're shit 
for four or five seasons until you fire the coach. I don't want that. And so to, to the point that you made, I don't know if that's what a homeboy was saying with his tweet or not, so but I want to at least make that. Well, let's talk about the fact that were we supposed to win in New England? Probably I would not. say most people know, right? Even right. Vegas said no. The Buffalo Bills are a better team than us. Yes. Probably right. Now, Vegas game is a little different, right? So people were hoping to get out of this part of the season at 2-1, you know, hopefully 2-1. We won and 2 with that the win at New England. So I don't understand what We're going to play call away, and we are Exactly right. So, I mean, that's that's my whole point right there. We're A lot of people would expect us to be 0-3 right now. Yeah, you know, so I don't know where how we're falling short of being great. I know we haven't played very well, but we've been in some games other than Buffalo. You know, so I don't know, man. Well, you know what, Juice? It's been said that they're good when they suck, and they suck when they're good. (laughs) (laughs) But I think I think the 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 point that I'm going to lean on here is that we're now eight minutes into your to what you said, Seth, and we're still talking about this damn tweet. So you know, unless we're going to crack the Da Vinci Code, you're right. Delete it because it's taking too much brain space and too much time on our show right now. We're moving on. I got one more for you, and this is probably the most important question, and I need each of you to answer this as honest as you possibly can, elite tweet or delete tweet. This comes from Sorty. If you guys don't know Sorty, he's an amazing follow at fins or die. You guys are shaking your head. You know exactly. Um, Y'all fuck with sleeping. (laughs) I like to get seven hours personally. (laughs) Elite tweet or delete tweet. I'm going to start with that. Uh, I'll say that's elite tweet. OJ. I am going to uh, – I, I never get seven hours. I never at least get seven comfortable. So I'm going to delete it just because, I mean, I, with having a family, having kids, you know, having body issues where I can't even get comfortable throughout the night, I had to delete that one, man. If I get four or five, maybe two three, you know, two more after that somehow, I'm good with it. Yeah. I, I You don't ever sleep. I don't sleep. I don't fuck with sleeping, sorry. <laughs> so let me just say that. But the tweet itself was elite, you know, because it's – you know, right from the beginning – where he's going, what he means, and where he stands on it. Like, that, to me, is an elite tweet. Well done. Good point. Yeah, the content is delete tweet because I'm, I'm with you guys. I get four. First of all, I got a newborn. Second of all, okay, I only sleep like four have. hours max. So I, I'm mad at anybody who can get seven hours of sleep. But I also, if you look at the time <laughs> timestamp of that tweet, it was like during overtime of the Raiders <laughs> game. So like we're all just tense. I'm walking around like a like a puma in my yard, you know, my house, trying to figure out if the Dolphins are going to win or not. And he's just like, "Hey, y'all, fuck with sleeping." <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so in that regard, it is elite. And you know what? This segment has been elite. I, uh, I appreciate you guys jumping on here. You guys are very busy <laughs> men and, uh, you guys have been just an amazing, amazing group here, uh, here on the town of Perfectville. So before I let you guys go, I do need a prediction because, uh, if you're right, we'll praise you. And if you're wrong, we'll delete it forever. But, uh, uh, Colts this weekend, Jacoby Brissett, uh, revenge game, or do we find out why the Colts were okay with him moving on and coming to Miami? What is your prediction and, uh, by how much? Oh, um, I say um, Dolphins win comfortably. Comfortably. Now, that's an elite tweet right there, even though it's not an actual tweet. Yeah, that's not that. coming from the fish tank 81. I can tell you that much right now. So I don't like to do predictions. I think it's the old PR guy in me. I typically um, stay away from them, but uh, you, you've been a good sport putting up with our nonsense today. So I do – I hate to jinx it. I really yeah, don't like yeah. predictions, Juice. But but I what I do expect is for this to be the best game the Dolphins have played all year. Um, you know, I really do expect that. I think Brian Flores has proven time and time again that he does not allow teams to let shitty performances carry over. I think we saw that from Buffalo to, to uh, Las Vegas. Yes, there were things that we had concerns about, but they also fought and they clawed and they came out with a chip yeah. on their shoulder. And these guys have to be hungry from a win for a win. They're going to be on their home field. We're honoring Don Shula for yeah. crying out loud. I believe that the Dolphins come out and give the best performance that they've had all year. Yeah, and I think with, with Jacoby's second start of the year, you know, like full start, you know, I know he came in the first, the second game, you know, kind of early. But, you know, two weeks of getting ready and pre- preparing for a game. It's going to be huge for him. There is going to be some type of chip on his shoulder, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to throw back this week. You know, throw, know this. throwback uniforms this week, man. So when we put those shirt. on, man, we've seen the ball out, man. So I'm excited about it. Now. They're going to ball out this weekend. I like what all of you guys are saying right there. And I, I will say this. I, I make my eight-year-old daughter 
predict every single week and I post it. And last week she predicted that the dolphins would win 49 to two. And at oh, one man. point it was 14 to two and my accounts blew up and they're like, what, what has she got on the Niner game tonight? I'm like, no, no, you're not taking action. You're not taking action off of an eight year old's prediction. So I love it. Yeah. To so, further uh, clarify, comfortable for me is multiple scores. So by 10 or more, you know, I think if you need, if you, if you require a two scores, TJ Priest predicts a 37 yeah. point victory. Yeah, it is a little locker room material for the Colts, but that's okay. You know what? The Colts are an old, an old hatred of mine too, because I uh, they were an old AFC East yep. rival. You know, I grew up with with the five team AFC East, so I'm okay pounding them into the dirt for a couple of scores, if not three. So I appreciate it, uh, gentlemen. Thank you very much. The Fish Tank here, live and in person here on the Welcome to Perfectville podcast. We appreciate everything that you guys did here today. Fantastic time. Enjoy the game this weekend, and uh, we'll be back right after these words. Admit it, citizens of Perfectville, during this entire COVID-19 global pandemic, you have bought at least one thing from Amazon.com. Admit it. It's okay. We're all friends here. We all live in the same town of Perfectville. I've bought things from Amazon.com. The only difference is when I buy, I go to welcometoperfectville.com first and click the link that takes me to Amazon.com. And why do I do that? Because every time you do that, it takes you to the same exact Amazon.com, same exact shopping experience. But by clicking the link on welcometoperfectville.com first, it sends a couple of dollars to your favorite town of Perfectville. That's right. Helps keep the lights on, so to speak. And there is no hidden fees. There is no extra charges. It's the same exact shopping experience of Amazon.com by way of welcometoperfectville.com. So as you sit down and check out the new 2021 Miami Dolphins schedule, look at all the draft picks that the Dolphins got just a couple of weeks ago and wonder which jersey you're going to get from Amazon.com, make sure you go to welcometoperfectville.com first and click the link. That's Amazon.com by way of welcometoperfectville.com. And we're back. Segment number three, segment number one, segment number two, already in the books. Sam Marcu, Dr. Christopher Cullen. Welcome to Perfectville, part of the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. Chris, how cool is the fish tank? How cool is our podcast, Sam? Like, we, like, I mean, really, if I, if I told my, and this is like getting a little sentimental, but I hope the fans appreciate it. It's like, this is something if I told my 10 year old self and I put my hand on his shoulder, I'm like, dude, you just keep being funny and talking to your friends and playing sports and re- reading about it and stuff and watching your dolphins. One day you're going to talk to Richmond Webb, OJ McDuffie, Nolan Carroll, and Jimmy Wilson all in the same like month. Like it's fantastic. And Seth and, and the whole fish tank crew were great too. That was, that was awesome. Yeah, it really was. And OJ McDuffie was a, you know, uh, uh, I was a fan of OJ McDuffie growing up. I'm a fan of them now. Those guys get it. And when I get it, what I mean by that is they came on the show and they played by our rules and they absolutely crushed it. So kudos yes. to everybody at the fish tank. They have a wonderful podcast every now and then they let this weird guy named Travis Wingfield join them. Uh, so you can check that out too. You get Travis Wingfield, you get uh, OJ McDuffie, Seth Levitt and everybody else there over at the fish tank. Uh, just, just fantastic guests. And um, <laughs> I never thought in a million years to your point, Chris, that I would be, talking to OJ McDuffie and reading tweets from Sorty, AKA at fins or die asking about if people quote unquote, fuck with sleep or not. But uh, here we are in 2021 making it happen. Um, good time to be alive. It is a good time to be alive. And it's a good time to be a dolphins fan because uh, we're coming back. We just came off of a Buffalo bills and Las Vegas Raiders, you know, back to back tough games, obviously lost both of them, but now we go up against the Indianapolis Colts here, Chris, who, I don't know if they even have a quarterback. They might be calling us to see if Jacoby Brissett can come back because Carson Wentz, I think, blinked too hard and sprained his ankle yet again. Uh, so I'm not quite sure who the Miami Dolphins will be playing uh, in terms of uh, the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. But I know we're playing the Indianapolis Colts this weekend. And uh, as the guys from the fish tank said, they think this is going to be the game of the year so far for the Miami Dolphins, where they're going to come out, they're going to get right. The defense is going to look good. The offense is going to look better and they're going to put their most complete game out there. Uh, what say you, how do you see this one playing out for the Miami Dolphins against the Colts, their former AFC East rivals on Sunday? Nothing like a dose of playing the Miami Dolphins at home to fix all your qualms. And this is where I'm, I'm worried about this one. Okay. So the Indianapolis Colts, easy for me to say, are 0-3. They need to win in the worst way. Uh, Darius Leonard, one of the greatest linebackers in the NFL who got absolute fucking railroaded on Sunday, replayed constantly this week on all the NFL affiliates um, by Derrick Henry, came out and said, it's all about getting that first win. And he said, we've yet to get that first win. (laughs) 
<laughs> so there, this is not going to be a pushover. I don't care if Carson wants his seven sprain angles and a uh, sprain uh, blinker hood, whatever this is called, eyelid. <laughs> blinker hood. You just call an eyelid a blinker hood. It's, it's, it's three in the afternoon. I'm drinking water. Let me let me mind, remind everybody that this is a doctor who just said blinker hood in place of an eyelid. What the fuck? I have a PhD, PhD in sports, Sam, not anatomy. You know that. Um, so yeah, the, the island, he only has a screen island. Carson Wentz is, uh, you know, they got a running game. Jonathan Taylor, they just put Marlon Mack on the uh, trade block, which by the way, can we just like make that happen while they're in town and get Marlon Mack over? I'll add him to the mix. Um, good running back when healthy. Well, Jonathan Taylor is a hell of a running back. Uh, we got the good thing is Quentin Nelson, uh, Quentin Nelson, I think it is their guard is out with like a sprained MCL or something. Carson Wentz is not a hundred percent. He's, he's fleet footed and he could move around, but honestly, I could see our defense really giving him problems. I do agree with the fish tank boys. I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. Sadly, Sam, I'm three and oh this year in picks, but two of those are Dolphins losses and I was correct about, but before I do my total prediction, I will say, I feel really good about this game. I think uh, we get our first home win. Uh, yeah, on I, Sunday. I agree. I mean, I, I think this has got to be a get right game for, for the Miami Dolphins. I mean, they're, 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 they haven't scored a point at home yet. Right. Cause the Buffalo bills Eesh. went 35 to nothing. We go on the road almost, you know, we basically let the game, you know, go against the Las Vegas Raiders. This is yet another AFC opponent, not as good as those opponents that we just went up against, but you got to score points at home. You got to get after Carson Wentz or Sam Ellinger or whoever's going to be the quarterback, Jacob Eason, whoever's going to be the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. And you have to make a statement that we are not done quite yet. Now, Jacoby Brissett basically gets to play his old team and say, hey, guys, remember me? Don't you wish I was still there? Because they do. And I think this is the team. This is the game. I agree with the fish tank and I agree with you where the Miami Dolphins offense is going to start to get running. Now, I think we've actually come to uh, an agreement on a third offensive coordinator this week. If you're following the news, Chris, that Charlie Fry is apparently the one actually relaying the plays to Jacoby Brissett. So not only do we have two offensive coordinators, we have a third play caller that's actually relaying whatever is being told to him by the two offensive coordinators to the quarterback. No wonder it's a fucking mess. But um, I think we're going to have this thing figured out. I think this is the type of game that's going to help Miami Dolphins fans, team, players, coaches, and everything. Okay, we're going to be all right. Tua comes back in a couple of weeks. Yes, we're going to get pounded by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But after that, the schedule gets very, very easy. It's going to spread like butter for the Miami Dolphins. And I think this is going to be be the game. It has to be the game. If the Miami Dolphins are truly going to compete for a playoff spot this year, this is the team. This is the game. This is the type of stuff that they have to win. They have to figure out a way to win this game. And I think they do it through a combination of defense, offense, and special teams. Yeah, I agree. Um, One of the uh, power ranking show on NFL Network yesterday called this a must win. For the Miami Dolphins, week four, we're talking about a must win, but I think he's 100% right. Usually these guys are like, whatever, right? I mean, like he obviously pays attention enough to know. Like you just said, we're pretty much circling an L next week. Um, you can't go down that far. It's an NFC loss. That won't be that big of a deal. Um, <clears throat> now coming up after that, like you said, a little bit easier schedule. That's where you can just start piling on win after win with a healthy two coming back, hopefully. Uh, guys starting to gel as far as like the Liam Aikenberg of the world and, and stuff like that. Um we have to win this game. It's a home game. We literally shit the pot in front of our home fans in a home opener. There's going to be people out for blood. They're going to really want like comeuppance from this, from our team. If I'm Brian Flores, we win the toss. I literally pick to receive and look to go down and, and score. Even if it's a field goal, get down and score, get the, get the uh, ball in the end zone or through the uprights, get the crowd cheering and get that momentum from the word go, because you have to win this football game. It's a one o'clock game. Finally, uh, you know, for you, it's 10 AM, but for me, it's one, you know, waiting until that four Oh five, four the two out of the three first games sucks. That's the worst. You're already like buzzing by game time, by overtime, what happened? So this is gonna be nice to one o'clock game right around lunch. Uh, I can take a nap after it's great. It's always getting old, but yeah, my uh, blinky hood. I'm, 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 I'm blink twice if uh, you're excited for this game. It's a must win, and I'm blinking twice. Well, I think it's a must win game, and I think the uh, the answer to the call here there there's no reason for the Miami Dolphins to lose this game, even with Jacoby Brissett instead of Tua Tungavailoa. But it's you know, a revenge game for Jacoby to that point. Like, I mean, even if it's Jacoby Brissett, oh my gosh, that's his former team that they, they yep. didn't want to keep. They'd rather keep a random white backup like Jacob Eason. Like, so yeah, it's a revenge game for Jacoby too. 
So how do you see this one playing out here, Chris? What's the final score? What do the Miami Dolphins fans have to look forward to? Because as you said, you are 3-0 and on this season in terms of Miami Dolphins predictions. So how does this go down and how much do the Dolphins win by? I think they score late to make it look closer on the scoreboard than it is, but I think we pull this one out 23-14. 23-14 says the good doctor himself, 3-0 and on the season, Dolphins over the Colts. I got a very similar score. I'm going 27-10. to I think they, uh, they either get a late touchdown or a late field goal, most likely a late touchdown, just to kind of make it look a little more interesting than it actually is. But this is a get-right game for the Miami Dolphins. This is We have to get this one right, get through the Tampa game, and then we can start steamrolling some bad, bad teams. Once Tua Tungabailoa comes back, hopefully, fingers crossed. So I got this 27-10. You've got it. What was it again? 24-13? 23-14. 23 I'm dyslexic. Sorry. Uh, well, either way you look at it, between us, you, the fish tank, everybody has the Miami Dolphins winning this game. And he's a doctor, ladies and gentlemen, so you can trust him. He's going to go to 4-0. I'm looking to get to 2-2. Two and two. I'm looking to get right myself, ladies and gentlemen, because I was wrong the last two times when I picked the Miami Dolphins to win, and they did not. Anyway, um, let's move on here, Chris. we got one last thing that we do need to address, because we already know that the Miami Dolphins are going to beat the Colts. We already ex- expressed how they're going to beat the Colts. So let's move on to something that's uh, maybe a little more interesting, at least for me, at least this week, and that is the okayest fantasy league ever. We're getting a lot of shit from uh, the, the members of the OKS Fantasy League ever that we're not talking enough about it. And that's quite frankly because I lost the first two weeks and I didn't want to talk about fantasy football, but I not only <laughs> won this week, Chris, I won big time. How did your team fare? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And after race, you know, race is one of those guys that comes out, he does the uh, whole poll thing or the uh, the ranking system and just puts me down really at the bottom after week one, a, a drubbing. Um, after some un- un- unlucky times, I didn't even get a hundred points. It is what he liked to call out. Well, two weeks in a row, I actually won by a hundred points in week two. And then in week three, I went over a hundred points again and won again, beating the undefeated team that uh, was number two in his rankings, I believe. So man, I cannot wait to see where he has me and what he has to say, because now he did call me out and I will, I will mention this. I did pick up the Raiders defense and <laughs> And play, we'll start them over. We'll start them over Tampa, which Tampa was playing the Rams. I mean, come on, that's pretty much a, that's a, a, a shoe in playing Jacoby Brissett. I'm just playing the numbers, guys. I'm hedging my bets. Sorry to piss you off. Sorry, I'm not sorry. It's about winning fantasy and winning Dolphins games, and that's what I was trying to do. Well, it, uh, it I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we have the fantasy all star and the fantasy asshole of the week. <clears throat> This year, well, this week, I should say, the fantasy all-star has to be, just has to be, as much as it pains me to say it, Mr. Josh Allen. Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills scored well over 30 points in fantasy by getting five total touchdowns, four through the air, and then just happened to casually walk one in for the fifth one. Five touchdowns for, from your quarterback position, that gets you a gold star. That makes you a fantasy all-star. Chris, who is the fantasy asshole of the week? I'm glad you asked. So he's a local product that plays for the Carolina Panthers and looks like Marlon Wayans stand in and um, uh, don't be a menace and and you're all drinking gin and juice in the hood. I was trying to get the whole thing. Don't be a menace to society drinking gin and juice in the hood. Yeah. That was always fun to do during charades. Um, Yeah. He looks like Marlon Wayans. Robbie Anderson, Mr. Sam Darnold's favorite target. I had him in my flex. And benched uh, DJ DJ Moore. No, he's on the Jets. DJ Moore's on Jets. Who's the one on the? Uh, yeah, no, DJ Moore is the guy that like had like tw- he had like twenty points in the first quarter for the Panthers. I picked one. I picked Robbie Anderson due to chemistry. Robbie Anderson gave me a solid one point eight points, something like that. Thanks, Robbie Anderson, the fantasy asshole of the week. Robbie Anderson, just you know, we might name it the Robbie Anderson Award because I think that guy was an asshole of the week every week a couple of years ago, and I had him. I was like, you just you can't get to the ball, can you, you little fuck? But uh, I, I see it was between him and Big Ben because uh, I don't know if anybody has seen it, but Big Ben falling down like an old man playing quarterback he looks so bad. I mean, he's got all these weapons. I don't know if there's a team in the NFL that's got more weapons on offense right now than the Pittsburgh Steelers. When you actually really look at it with Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, you know, uh, Juju Smith Schuster, uh, Najee Harris. Did you see Najee Harris had, I think, 19 targets in passing? Like, that's unbelievable. Yeah, he had he had like 15 or 18 catches. And, you know, all of them are because Big Ben fell over and the ball just went flying in the air and he was the nearest receiver to go get it. I mean, he's got uh, he's got the same uh, yards per catch average as Jalen Waddle right now, but it's uh, it's insane to see the the, the decline, oh, the decline 
of Big Ben Roethlisberger. But uh, no, Robbie Anderson takes asshole of the week honors for fantasy football. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to Josh Allen, I guess. And uh, let's just talk about the game again. One more last time here, Chris. So where are you watching this game on Sunday? Sunday, it's going to be exciting. So my dad was uh, sick last week and my brother had uh, prior arrangements. My other brother got home from Disney, so he was able to make it. He was the only one. It was weird. We were watching it with just me, my wife, Zach, and my brother. So we're going to have a full house in the man cave on Sunday watching the Colts game, hopefully pulling out a win against a former AFC East rival. Uh, right on. I'll be at La Cabana in Sassoon City, uh, which is a little bit ways away. It's where I watched week one, actually. There's a big uh, Miami Dolphins contingency that goes up there. So I will be up there hanging out, watching this game, and seeing our Miami Dolphins go to 2-2, two and two, most likely. Uh, and that's going to do it for Mr. Dr. Christopher Cullen uh, with his blinky hoods and myself, Sam Marku. Chris, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Yeah, it's like P- PTI when there's errors or missions. You said the my team was two and one and the Dolphins were one and two. We are, we are four and one, Sam. So I just want to make sure to correct you there. Just uh, just a correction there. Chris, Christopher Collins football team is four and one. I don't know Thank why I, I don't know why I went to two and one. I just did. But oh, you were two and one against that team. I think that's where I got that in my head. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Yep. You were two and one against the team that you guys just beat. That's where it was. So it wasn't it was an error, but uh, all in good stuff. So you're watching from the man cave. I'll be watching it from the bar. Nothing else to say on behalf of myself, Dr. Christopher Cullen, the entire Believe Podcast Network presented by betonline.ag. The only thing left to say is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.